Hi everyone! Hi guys! So again, this is Melody Lane with your host Stephanie Giannis. See, do they know that it's again? Am I gonna have to erase this one? No, again? no, no, no. We, but they, this is Melody Lane. This is not perfect. Basically, what happened was we're learning how to set everything up ourselves, and this is the fourth time we've recorded it. Or the third, I don't quite the remember third, anymore. Yeah. The third, which is not normal for us because we normally just one-shot it. But you know what? Today's been a day, and tomorrow's and tomorrow, and we are all doing the best that we could possibly can with the resources provided to us. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. we'll start again in the episode. Hi, guys. I want you to, I want you to, I want you oh to go first. Oh, my God. What do you mean? <laughs> Oh, you said start again on the episode, so I said... No, I... Wait, are we... Okay, hold up. Should I stop it now? No, no, I like it. Okay, so today's episode, we're talking about the 70s Grammys, and we're going to somehow connect those two, which you guys will see with the magical thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to start off with what our favorite artists are from the 70s. Ada, you go. I told you to go. Okay. I'm asking you. Um, I have not really delved quite into the 70s, per se, compared to a person like Stephanie. Yana's over here, which is per. Um, but I've been listening to them pretty occasionally now, you know. Mm-hmm. Little makeup get ready tutorial kind of. Uh, Who's the them? The Temptations. Oh, okay. And, um, oh, my gosh. I had the song in my, my noggin. It's gone. Oh, Just My Imagination. I huh. love that song. What stuck out to you about the song? There's, like, this really interesting drum beat to it that is so flawless. And when it goes, uh, da, 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 uh, how does it go? There's, like, this, they say, like, Just My Imagination. And then, huh. Do you know? So you would say, like, it's the, the production the quality, production is, quality. Is, 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 is superb. And would you say compared to the stuff you listen to now that, like, you prefer the production quality of that? No. No? They're two well, different things. Um, because, I mean, I listen to jazz. That's true. So what I listen to, I wouldn't say there's similarities. I, I appreciate the production quality because it's more, not mature, but it's, it's more developed than jazz. But, I mean, I like the classics, you know? Mm. And so, like, the Temptations built off of that. Yeah. But now it's like I still have these people who are crooners or are like Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. is not a crooner, mind you. Um, he sang with two crooners, but I don't know if he's c- considered a crooner. Right. Anyways, um, people like that. I like that music, and that's where people like The Temptations built off of their music. So, yeah, I like the production style, but I do like the originals the mm, most. Yeah. What about you? My favorite is the Bee Gees. Um, it's been said multiple times on the podcast. The Bee Gees really do have a special place in my heart. I think it's... People don't realize how many songs are popular that are by the Bee Gees. Um, we literally... I told Ada today that Staying Alive is by the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. Um, the song people use for CPR now. Um, you Should Be Dancing is in Despicable Me. So a lot of people associate <laughs> that with grow. You know, more than a woman kind of gained popularity last summer somehow. In the in the 2020s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was always one of my favorites. Um, and a lot of their songs are are just so happy. And, and I was watching the Kennedy Center Awards this summer, and Barry Gibb 
one of the Gibb brothers, the BGs or the Gibb brothers, um, who's still alive, he just accepted the award for it. And in the speech, they talk about how their music is kind of like what it feels like to be happy. Mm-hmm. And it was so new for the time to have their style of music. And so that kind of made me dip my feet into disco because prior to that, I listened to a lot of like Carol King and stuff like that. Stuff that's not really on the same wavelength as the Bee Gees and then from there it's kind of like history. Do you prefer the production quality of the disco music more than let's say Carol King? Like comparing Tapestry to like the Bee Gees top hits, which one would you mm. prefer? Like to listen to like on a like like I mean you asked me like the similar question of like do you like this developed sound? Da, 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 da. I don't know. I think for the time like they're two different sections. Yeah. So their production value fits that. But I think compared to, like, modern production value of, like, pop, pop-ish music and, like, even in, like, country music, the, like, more pop-oriented production, I greatly preferred, se- <laughs> my bad, 70s um, production because I just feel like, at least from what I hear back then, there was a lot more thought put into how the music was made. I'm not saying that some music now doesn't have thought behind it, but, like, it was more effort. Yeah. Now you can kind of, like, touch a button and you have a whole production crew at, like, your fingertips, you know? It doesn't feel as genuine. Right, as it, it doesn't feel as, like, man-made, mm-hmm. which is weird for something that's not tangible. But, yeah, um, which kind of brings us to like what with you exploring 70s music what has brought your attention to it and what artist has helped you like dip into that we'll element? see so i called my dad before um we went to town and i, I texted you um because my dad i mean he graduated high school in the 70s um and he started playing rock and roll in the 70s and so getting to hear his backstory getting to hear the reason as to why he did what he did in his life it definitely brought me a lot of interest in exploring the 70s myself because i mean i watch films dazed and confused freaks and geeks and these films are made well freaks and geeks is a show but these are made in the 90s early 2000s but they're based around the 70s they're based around that time period and getting to watch that film getting to kind of understand that was my dad's upbringing in a sense Mm -hmm. is so impactful to me because he i mean he talks about his his childhood like it's like this 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 short-term memory but i mean it happened so long ago but it's also clear in his head and so i want to be able to understand it as best as possible because it sounds so lovely and interesting Mm -hmm. i mean of course there was hardships but um so getting to hear all that was very very fascinating so i called him up and we talked and um because, yeah, he graduated. So, if you guys know uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, the first ever production, musical production, on stage, ad- on stage adaptation was performed in Southhold, Long Island, at this high school that my dad went to. The first ever musical production of Jesus Christ Superstar they put on at, I think, was it Suffolk High or something? That's, like, the newspaper. Um... But my dad played the king. And there's rumors that Paul McCartney went to see it. There's, But, like, people were lined up around the block to go see this production because this was the first thing ever put on in America. 
of a physical actually adaptation, not a film, not just the album itself, but a physical adaptation of the soundtrack. Wow. Which is so fascinating. So, like, I got to say that my dad was, like... A part of that. Yeah. Because he was, absolutely. There's, like, there's like old... I, I can find the... um. The recording, there was a recording a while back of all the music of it, but um, there's a recording of him singing the song, and it's super cute. Well, Not, but yeah. And, and and on the same track of your dad having recordings, he was also in a band, right? Yeah, so his band, I have like a whole entire backstory. I don't know how much I'm supposed to share, but like like I, I wrote down a lot of stuff. But um, um, so after he graduated, he worked at a fish factory, flipping fish, and then he met up with some friends. They were looking for a bass player in their band called Phoenix. Um, That's cool. Which is such a dope-ass name. And so they moved up to New England, and they were playing at all these colleges, and they started to get a reputation, and people really started wanting to hear their bands at these different orientation events, all these different college events. And so my dad was playing with all those people, and um, they got really popular, but there was another band in the area also called Phoenix, and so people started booking them on accident when they wanted my dad's band. Damn. And so they started calling themselves, I think it was Calico Sam, um, which is so, 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 so cute. Um, I think it's called Calico Sam. Let me see. Sorry, I don't mean to talk so much. Um, oh, my gosh, where is it? She's currently joined, looking for the name, by the way. Joined a band and went to New England. Da, 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 da. Headliner. Um, yeah, they were headliners. He said that he would never not see a packed crowd thousands yeah. ten thousands of people to see his shows type deal like he was like people he wasn't known very well but people loved loved their performances that's crazy which is so cool and he told me the story that one time he went to perform something and there was a headliner like a really famous band he doesn't recall the name but the people got so bored of watching the headliners that they asked for my dad's band to come back on stage and perform for the rest of the show that's crazy. And that's exactly what they did. But um, I think it was called Caligos. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, they had a demo tape. Um, they had the same manager as Aerosmith. And so one time my dad was talking to the manager, and Aerosmith's like, hey, Richard, like, how are you? Ah, uh, like um, Steven Tyler, that'd be crazy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, but yeah, he... Yeah. I don't know why I started talking. But sorry, I wanted to tell, because I think it's extremely fascinating that I have that... No, that's not my past, but my connection to the 70s. And heavily intertwined with music. Extremely, because my dad, I mean, and then he moved to California, continued playing, got his first Alfa Romeo and everything. So he was the president of the Alfa Romeo Club in, like, San Diego, um, which is (laughs) very weird lore. But, um, yeah, he was friends with, like, these people who knew, like, Billy Joel, Mm. and he met the Bee Gees, he... Did all this shit, which is so fat. I just learned that today, mind you. So I'm I'm very right. starstruck to hear such an event because I like I knew that like my my one uncle um like sat at Billy Joel's piano, which is like fucking amazing. I can not. No, that's that really great. I'm literally taking out this sticky note that I wrote of like artists I wanted to talk about at work, and like I on the list is Billy Joel. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is fascinating to me. But yeah, that's so. I just wanted to share that because my dad means a lot to me and I know his past means a lot to him because he did amazing things and he was always Mm. very ambitious, very just wanted to live the most out of his life. And so he always was doing stuff. And I I aspire to do that when I get older. 
Right. Because he, I mean, he went to college at, like, 30. And you will. Like, that... Well, yeah, yeah. But, like, he, like, he was never ready to just kind of settle down. He always wanted to take on a new passion. Like, he went to law school for no fucking reason. Just for, like, shits and giggles. He dropped out, obviously, but, like... I was like, does your... And then he studied theater and linguistics at, um... San Diego, like whatever it's called, UC San Diego. I was just saying, did your dad take the bar test? I probably about to, but yeah. So, but yeah, I just wanted to share that because it it means a lot. It's very close to my heart. So, that's the reason as to why I'm so smitten by the '70s because, Mm. and I mean also Stephanie just showed me this one show, so now I'm kind of getting back into my groove. Daisy Jones and the Six. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into yeah, yeah. But now your turn. Well, I was gonna say first before we get into Daisy Jones because that's gonna be our our transition to the more modern times um i wrote down a list of artists and i'll say them out loud and you can kind of pick which ones you want to talk about so the the, in in my small world of what i know about the 70s which is always expanding even today i was listening to music and I, i literally just googled on googled on spotify searched on spotify um a specific genre 70s hits to expand my horizons and Mm -hmm. what I settled on were some of my own personal favorites and a little more um so I chose that we could talk about maybe Jimi Hendrix ooh right um Fleetwood Mac we already really touched on the Bee Gees Bowie because I know that Bowie has a really special place in our hearts and it's really funny because there's a little cutout of Bowie um in the studio with us right now no yes he's right there where Right oh, there. Sorry. <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire, mm-hmm. which I feel like doesn't get enough recognition. Really doesn't. Carol King, Billy Joel, of course, which is going to fit into the Grammys when we talk about it later. Oh, um, Pink Floyd, um, Electric Light Orchestra, which I wasn't sure if you heard of it before. Not, yeah. yeah. And Donna Summer. Ooh. Can I ask two questions? Yeah. What do you think of Janis Joplin? Oh, I, I was waiting for the second question. Oh, 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 and, and Elton John. Elton John's also oh, big. 70s. I love Janis Joplin. Um, I have one of her records, and I don't really? remember which one at the moment. But I, I'm just, I'm still like touching my toes in the pond of Janis Joplin. Yeah, yeah. But I do have a very, very strong connection with Elton John. Um, I kind of like that was my. Besides the Bee Gees and Carole King, that was kind of like my first real obsession. Mm -hmm. And not only with the music, but him as a person. I I found it truly inspiring just the things he'd have to go through to just pridefully be himself. And And I feel like that goes with a lot of these people from the 70s of just like the turmoil at the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, just having to put yourself out there. And, and, and that was a very vulnerable thing. Yeah. Because I know for you, um, you have Joni Mitchell mm, has I a very Joni, special yeah. part, place in your heart. Mm-hmm. And, and with that idea of being vulnerable and yeah. music was just new. It wasn't tailored to, like, the societal thing. Um, but which one of those would you say resonated the most with you oh i just i was just curious because when i've been listening to like the 70s greatest hits there was both uh oh my gosh janice joplin i'm already forgetting her name my uncle worked with her that's why i asked 
my great uncle. The flex. Uh, um, um, but no, Elton John keeps showing up on the 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 seventies. Because it's it, I he. I feel like what makes the 70s so special and kind of what I had written down was how it it was there were so many diverse genres due mm-hmm. to the times where rock was emerging even more with funk and disco and punk and reflecting kind of the era's eclectic culture at the time yeah. and how you could look at one part of the United States and it's it's hippies galore and the other it's it's folkish and and then disco takes storm and so it's it's this craziness in all these different genres even from Jimi hendrix who's like a rock legend who i adore for to bowie who we both love which is like this in between between like pop rock but he's also very vulnerable in his, like, in his right. music. Right. Yeah. And then he also has his character Ziggy Stardust, mm, yeah. which was also new for the time. This character becoming the persona of the celebrity, but also being the celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Then also being a metaphor for how he feels and what the messages he wants to convey. And then you have Billy Joel, who who's having all these wonderful songs about just his life and, mm-hmm. and his experiences. And then we have Pink Floyd, on the other hand, doing acid, making music against the establishment, which is beautiful. And we have Donna Summer, the disco era, and, and just all these different things all happening at once, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of rare. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, okay. Which is kind of rare now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what are your what are your thoughts on that? I think you summed it up. I, I don't wanna keep talking. Like I, seriously, I mean it. It's I, I feel like what what fascinates me about the seventies is me being me, just mm-hmm. like how much of the politics at the time really did impact everything. Cause like even like Led Zeppelin kind of the Beatles. I say kind of because they were like late 60s early 70s yeah. queen like just had to address these things and kind of became like the soundtrack of social change and these songs and, and other artists that I'll get to address the political unrest and the civil rights issues environmental issues anti-war movements you know resonating with the audience or their music happened to become something that was a platform for that and so someone who i i can't believe i forgot bob marley Mm. i was writing who i wanted to talk about and i was like i'm forgetting someone freaking bob marley (laughs) i re-listened to his music my mom loves Bob Marley and we listened to a lot of that as a kid and I was listening to the song War and I was like this feels like a speech and I googled it and his song War is an adaptation of a speech done by I don't want to I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correct but Haley Selassie I'm not completely sure that could be really wrong and if it is I apologize the first, which was the speech before the United Nations. Oh, wow. Um, on October 4th, 1963. Um, he was the emperor of Ethiopia. Um, and then Bob Marley turned this speech into a song. 
mm. on about the the rel- the resistance against oppression and injustice at the time and and it also resonated with all the anti-war movements and then his song get up stand up which is literally a song telling you to get up and stand up for your rights yeah, yeah. against everything going on at the time and then we have bowie who i didn't realize kind of address all these social issues in his magical magical way um what like what do you have to add to that i'm just i'm curious i want to ask you a question yeah do you think if people would listen to the music from the 70s like bob marley like bowie do you think the way that people would approach all these worldly issues do you think that they would probably do it in a very different way compared to how it's being um what is it called um not performed now but addressed now so you're saying like do you think that's something we could do now yeah like do you like like with all the shit that we keep talking about with like our little like make love not war kind of stuff like. I I feel like it mm, I feel like it could happen now you could talk about your beliefs mm-hmm. but I feel like that well, like like sorry I don't mean to interrupt you. yeah no go but on. do you think like the music that kind of that that push to to not set your boundaries, but to, to take action, to do all that stuff. Do you think if people listen to that music, people who want to make a change, do you think there'd be a different way about going to make that said change? Like, wait, How so you're saying of, this? like, do you think of music now made, like, music that was made now if it was made with the intention yeah. of starting change? Yeah. I don't think that's possible. Really? To an extent, because I feel like now when people go into music... There, it becomes such a capitalized thing yeah. of now you're doing it for money. Not all the time, but it becomes that with the bigger artists who do have the power. I mean, very, very few incorporate even their own personal beliefs yeah. into their music because then it puts them at risk for this now of any belief is a wrong belief, which is horrible. And, and it's but what if it was just songs that said everyone should love each other kind of like I feel like then they wouldn't sell but somebody should be doing it someone should no I like I want that's yeah. what I want like if I could like I would love music to kind of have the same sentiment it had back then mm-hmm. but I feel like we're all kind of waiting for someone to do it Yeah. but also then you'd have to count on do you think if someone made that music or is making that music that it would quote-unquote sell yeah because not everything is well if it sells or not which is so sad and then you have to get a producer who's willing to compromise money you know to 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 make this and and i feel like back then that it was such this idea of being like a celebrity was still new and so there wasn't as there was restrictions and it, it was highly dangerous even probably more dangerous back then because now everything's very like sheltered but you kind of could fuck around with things more Mm -hmm. than you can now now you have to have an image now you have to like sell everything but like ah fuck the patriarchy i know like i trust me (laughs) i'm fuck the establishing you know give it to the man like yeah yeah but like think of like pink floyd Mm mm-hmm 
another brick in the wall, Dark Side of the Moon, these these albums about conflict and division and another brick in the wall is a little bit more about like education and social conformity, but all of them have these like anti war, anti establishment themes to it. Yeah. With their own little psychedelic rock way, could that be done now? Could someone as raw as Carol King be done now? I'd like to think so. Yeah. I don't know. I have hope. Yeah, it it goes into what we were talking about in my international relations class today of, like, is losing hope in society good because then when you find the hope it means more? Or is having hope better because then you strive for this idealistic way and want to fix what you have? But then, if it doesn't work, you're just stuck with being hopeful. But where's the hurt in that, you know? Where's the hurt it doesn't in wanting happen. to make a change? Oh, no, 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 no not yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, because we're... My foot's getting stuck on the wire. So we're talking about, like, different theories. So it's, like... It's, like... I think in classes, it's, like, realist versus, like, idealist. Mm, okay. Both are striving for change. Just in different, different mind frame, okay. mindsets, that's the word. Um, and so it's just, it's interesting because, like, I think of things like the Star Stangled Banner, played by Jimi Hendrix in Woodstock, iconic rendition of the national anthem because it became a symbol of, like, protests against the Vietnam War at the time, incorporating sounds of war into the performance. You know, if someone were to do that now about conflicts going on, would it be received as well? You know? Mia's sticking her thumb down. Right. Like, yeah. it, I think of even, like, oh, my God, what's this name of this artist? Um, there's this artist who who's, has the very similar energy to Elton John. He's younger. And Elton Mika. John. Is that his name? Sucking too hard on a lollipop. No, no, no. <laughs> no, like, he's from our generation. Oh, like, he, he literally, like, drew inspiration from Elton John. Let me find his name. And Elton John kind of took him on as a prodigy. Um, Not Kit Connor, because that's the kid from Heartstopper, and he just played young Elton John. No, Lee. this is a singer. Okay. Um. Oh, my God, I don't remember his name. But anyways, he's this artist who got picked up from TikTok, and... He kind of has the same, like, trademark of using his flamboyancy and identity as a vessel to communicate these things through his music, through his looks. And so he uses that to send the messages he wants. And I remember him being on the Today Show, and um, it's not Little Nas X. So it's a white man. (laughs) and it being like oh my god like you're being too gay you're being too this and he's like I'm being what I want to be and and that's the message I want to send right and it gave that very that same feeling of when we had these artists like David Bowie and Elton John come out of anyone slightly flamboyant was now bad um and so it's interesting because then like we look at the 70s with such glamour, um, but there's also so much negativity to that, you mm-hmm. know? 
it's it's like we have this glamour, but what the glamour was is guts. Yeah. In the literal sense, you know? Um, so it's like <laughs> now in our modern time, we kind of want to bring it back because even if we look at our fashion and stuff like that, we're slowly bringing back the 70s, this mm-hmm. this upworn bell bottoms and fur line clothing and crystals, the whole spirituality aspect yeah. of um, the 70s. The boho nature is all coming back. And then we get a TV show like Daisy Jones and the Six, which is based off this book. Um, and the book basically is a fan... It feels like a fanfic, but it's not. It, it, it's this copy, this fictional version of the story of Fleetwood Mac, which Fleetwood Mac is my second favorite band on this planet. Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks is the lead singer of Fleetwood Mac, and she is one of my idols, truly. But in this iconic band with songs like The Chain, um, Dreams, I mean... Google it, the songs you'll know that you don't realize are crazy. Was this drama within the band? Yeah. Which was very, I mean, in every band, <laughs> there's drama. And so um, the author of this book took that drama and kind of made these characters from the drama of real people, which Stevie Nicks did watch a TV show and posted her story that it felt like watching her own life, which is crazy to me. Like, I could not imagine having a book based off of my life and then watching it become a TV show. Mm -hmm. And Daisy Jones and the Six basically follows this protagonist, Daisy, who is this very spunky redhead who's in love with music. She falls in love with music through her friend Simone, who's this disco singer kind of model after um, Donna Summer. Who, if you haven't listened to Donna Summer, I completely... Tina Turner. Tina Turner, Donna Summer. Like, it's all, like, those little, like, bits. Like, you yeah, can... Yeah. I feel like in different outfits, too, throughout the TV mm, show, you can yeah, see it. True. Um, And she falls in love with this music, but her whole thing is she wants to make her music. She doesn't want to be molded by the producers at the time mm-hmm. who are just trying to make music sound good. She wanted it to be... Like, she even says in the TV show, like, Carol King of, like you feel it. It feels intimate. It feels like it's telling a story. Um, And then she meets the Six, which is a band, lead singer Billy Dunn, which is supposed to represent um, Lindsay in the real Fleetwood Mac. Um, And he's he has this band that he just wants to be good. He wants to be famous. He wants to make just music, while Daisy wants to make music that has a story. And so it's these two fiery personalities put together by their producer Teddy Pierce who's probably the most precious fictional producer ever I feel like all fictional producers are like terrible people yeah. um and they make this band and it's and it takes place 1970 through 1979 um and you see through the show one how prevalent drugs were good and bad how the culture had such a big influence that it took things to the extreme. You see them talk about issues like abortion and how that was hard to access at the time and how being a part of the LGBTQ plus community was hard at the time. They touch on all these topics through this soundtrack that just recently got nominated for a Grammy that blew up over the summer 
that mm-hmm. brought back this nostalgia for the 70s, which is interesting, I think, especially with what's going on in the world right now, which we won't go into, but I feel like it, we're, we're searching for this nostalgia because we want it to be glam, but we also have all this gore happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you think? You're halfway through the season. Um, what do you think of the TV show? I love my boy. Have you... My drummer boy. <laughs> oh, so there's this drummer. Mm. Um, his name is Warren Rojas. So and good. Warren Rojas, if you're watching this right now, hit me up. He's a fictional character. <laughs> you mean the actor? Yeah. Um, and he's like a cute little drummer. Um, he's great. He has a mustache. He does. Have you listened to any of the music yet? Like on your own time? I have, yeah. What songs... Um, it was the Stuck song that she sang with Billy at the live performance in the desert. I cannot recall what it's called. It's Oh, Look at Us Now? Yeah, I love that Funny song. Home. It's so beautiful. I love it because, like, the lyrics... There's a reason why in the book it's the number one song. And and in the, in the book and mov- movie and TV show, they talk about how each song is a love letter to the other characters because it's an affair. Billy's married. Um, yeah. May I ask a question? Um, yeah. in the book, is the, the lyrics of the songs written? or Yeah. Okay, so I was going to say, like, Not all are these that. songs, like, ones they created specifically for the show, or were they already in the book? Some of them were already in the book. Some of them were created for the show through descriptions in the book, if okay, that makes gotcha, any sense. Gotcha. But let's take a moment to dissect Look at Us Now, which is the hit song, the first song that Daisy's on in this story we'll Mm -hmm. say it's a tv show in a book it's it's i wish we had this kind of fire in music now because it's like i don't know who i am baby do you know who you are is it out of our hands tell me tell me how we made it this far did we unravel a long time ago is there too much we don't want to know i wish it was easy but it wasn't so we can make a good thing bad now baby where do we stand no one knows who you are and if this was your plan, tell me why you've been crying in the dark. Mm. And then it's, how do we get here? How do we get out? We used to be something to see. Oh, baby, look at us now. This thing we've been doing ain't working out. Why can't you just admit it to me? And then, oh, baby, look at us now. And it's, it just repeats. But what gets me, it's like, it's music that isn't written to just be talking about pretty emotions. It's talking mm-hmm. about the complicated aspect of and and most of the songs romance of like sometimes it's something that is so frustrating and I feel like what I loved about this album when I found it through the show was it talks about the frustrating aspects and I feel like music not only talks about the pretty part or you're already broken up with you know and I feel like then going back to 70s music and movies a lot of the movies are about the frustration of the time, mm-hmm. about this complicatedness. A lot of the music is about this in-between. And I feel like now music is, at least you can disagree, is now about the, the ending of things, either the, oh, yeah, the start absolutely. or the ending. Yeah. So, like, what do you take away from that? I just, I don't know. There's something I really enjoy about music from... The earlier decades mm. because I don't know I'm an optimist at heart I will always 
always be and which is a beautiful thing to hear songs that are so not negative in nature but so not as is, is some is assumative a word no um <laughs> like they predict they predict their own kind of future it just makes me sad to not I mean I'm not a relationship girl like I'm not I don't enjoy all that stuff but just to hear that people expect the worst from the beginning or expect just things to always go to shit makes me kind of sad because why waste your time anticipating these moments when of course they're inevitable so why can't you just enjoy the present while it's present to you um (laughs) um wordplay um so yeah it just it, it puzzles me that there's and i i just i like the grit of true voices where they really express the things that they're feeling that they're going through these these different levels and different right. mind spaces and I just I rather hear that than these like uh, we are never ever ever <laughs> okay, yeah. not not to not to hate on Taylor she's a very talented I'm just I don't know I I like right a little more flowy a little bit more right and I feel like kind of tying into our theater roots the the 70s and and the in the I guess the media that came from mm-hmm. that time is like a slice of life. Oh yeah, yeah. In the good and bad way. Um and another song from the show I feel like reflects that and one that my grandma adores um is Regret Me. Oh, um, I thought it was the one where it's like we we eat nails and we Oh, she likes that one too. There's a song <laughs> <laughs> There's a song in the beginning when the band hasn't met Daisy yet when mm-hmm. it's just the brothers and it, it it's there's a lyric which like you put the moon in the sun and it's, yeah, it's just, like yeah. all these words <laughs> like what are you saying you put the truck in, in the, the nail <laughs> yeah like and it's like catchy <laughs> my grandma likes it but i'm like what mm-hmm. <laughs> but besides that one what i like about this song is it just it talks about what you said of like feeling in the moment mm-hmm. um so the lyrics go you regret me and I regret you except I don't care what you're feeling and I don't need to mm-hmm. or do I am I a slippage in the system with a natural gift how I move so go ahead and regret me but I'm beating it to you dude you regret me and I regret you you couldn't hang- handle your liquor and you couldn't seem to handle the truth I'm a slippage in the system, and I'm perfectly ready to strike. So go ahead and regret me, but I'm not easing up on this mic. Mm. Um, and then it, it, it just goes on with these analogies of how these two people regret each other, but they like the fact that they regret each other. Yeah. There's another song, More Fun to Miss, where it's, it's the first song I think of I've ever heard where it talks about how like you want how we were talking about the other day the the chase opposed to the thrill and how sometimes in life that just chasing things is more fun than when you actually get it yeah um i I, like the 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 journey more than the destination right um and with lyrics being like um sorry it's loading it's okay it's literally more fun to miss than to be with, more fun to kiss than to be with. You know, you're you're still at the night up and down. You know, how does it feel to still be in my mind? Like, 
but still it talks about how like the chill the chill the thrill is what's more fun the mm-hmm. chase I feel like it's really raw and and then I then I read these lyrics and I remember they didn't win the Grammy <laughs> oh fuck who won the Grammy let me pull it up right now I sent you the same link so if you want to see what what was their nomination for album album daisy Jones. it's probably like television album or something well what's interesting is because it came out as its own album oh true. like it's its own album best compilation soundtrack for visual media is the um the name of the album is aurora by the way which i completely recommend um and the grammys this year truly were interesting i feel like it's the first time where i've seen a grammy show dominated by women Mm-hmm. Which is amazing, mm-hmm. and also, I've I, slowly but surely, we people of color are making our way to the Grammys. I saw a lot of, a lot, a little, a lot, <laughs> diversity in the Grammys, which gives me hope, and like that there will be more representation in music. Cause there is so much representation, and I feel like then when we take it to the Academy. Mm-hmm. It can be diminished into what was just more trendy. And I feel like what can become more trendy isn't truly a reflection of what resonates with people, you know? Because I feel like there's a difference between, like, what can make more TikToks mm-hmm. and, like, the music people were truly listening to. Like, it kind of did shock me that Miley Cyrus won for Flowers. Especially, especially after that performance. <laughs> people keep talking so heavenly about like oh this was such a wonderful performance but we both had bones to pick yeah I don't know I, f- I, I personally feel like sometimes when an artist is overly cocky yeah it's kind of especially like in general like do whatever you want and but like I get it because this is a song about breakup but then like t- take like be proud of yourself don't sound so like Rah. right you also just want a Grammy mm-hmm. like you, you you need to be a little humble for that one. Is anyone not? Is everyone's acting like they don't know this song? And it's like, yes, they all know this song. Like, they are at the Grammys, you know? Uh-huh. Like, trust. They know this song. And it just kind of bothered me. Um, there's someone walking the into the studio that we don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> but anyways, we're wrapping to our, like, 50 point. Um... Mm-hmm. What would you say? Um, <laughs> sorry, someone I don't know just waved at me. Um, who the fuck is Jonah? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> with the Grammys, it just like I feel like it's sometimes not a representation of the music that rep- that I'm using it too much. I'm using represent liberally. Um, which I learned recently that liberally can also mean when you use something too much. No. Yeah. Because I was... Then we should call it Republicanly. (laughs) (laughs) I was... I was... I was texting... I was texting Samuel, and I was... When I'm excited for things, I'll put more exclamation marks, or if I want to seem like my texts are less dead, I'll put, like, an exclamation mark and a question mark, and I'll put, like, two... And he goes, oh, you're using it liberally. And I'm like... What the I'm fuck? I'm like, yeah, I am a liberal. What about it? And he's like, no, like, you're using it a lot. 
<laughs> being very liberal with how you're using it. Um, anyways, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the Grammys and the Oscars and all these, like, Academy things really do need to work on how they represent the people opposed to what's selling, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, ugh, it's frustrating. But what what would your final thoughts for this episode be? Drop acid, not bombs. <laughs> and make love, not war. Just people, I beg you, everything that you fucking do in this life, just treat people with fucking respect and empathy. Because mm, yeah. why are we not? Yeah. Why are we questioning everyone's, everyone's perspective? We can just equally love each... I mean, of course, I'm going to question. That's different. But why can't we just, like treat everyone with kindness i know that's a fucking harry styles thing but harry Styles, harry styles aside i'm just tired because yeah. what are we doing wrong why why do we have to make this such a like divided world yeah and that really truly reminds me of like what i wrote of just like why do we have to live in a world that's so like mm. divided why like we're in such this heightened world that everything is polarized to the point where like being neutral is almost like a bad thing like being neutral is like the new not knowing but you can be neutral and still support things on either ends and it's 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 just sickening to the point of how divided this world is that our our differences are what attributes to that and it, opposed to being it something that unites us yeah. and it's just highly frustrating just like we're on this earth for so little right and we're gonna spend all this time just questioning everyone's motive everyone's reason everyone's place in the world everyone's career everyone's just opinions and i mean of course like you can have disagreements but when it really comes down to it why put your energy on the people that won't put how do I describe this I don't know just 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 like if someone has a bloody wound clean it up right and and if someone's being hateful no matter who the fuck you are just fucking clean it up right if someone's being hateful that's different like yeah. then it's well, like well then okay. you can suck a fucking dick go home <laughs> but it's like why can't we have things that unite similar mm-hmm. motives but just different causes like I feel like there's this lack of unity mm-hmm. in this generation we're in and unity i feel like might scare people but i truly think like in all senses unity is what we need and and i think especially with leaders we need a, a, a leader who's willing to unify the united states mm-hmm. you know and and someone who's almost like i hate saying the term like feel good president but a president who's almost like a person and not a woman a woman too <laughs> but like I, someone who doesn't just feel like a character yeah i feel like if you think of the recent presence i feel like characters and i feel yeah. like we need a world that can just be united yeah i get it there's a comedic factor to everything <laughs> but can we stop laughing for a second and really like focus on the shit that needs to be focused on right you know drop uh. fucking dra- draft draft beer not boys Per. Per. Okay. Well, on that note. Sorry. What? <laughs> Stay groovy, everyone. Stay groovy. And I really hope. 
the out of this you you learn a thing or two and and really just I would recommend just just do it choose a time a period of time and do your research on it because with the beauty there's the negative but with the negative we learn Exactly. History, if you learned, sorry, I'm interrupting. Keep No, continue. History, we don't want history to repeat itself. Right. Which is fucking doing right now. And people, you learn the first time, don't fucking. Right. Like, why is the fact that history is repeating shows that we need more people Mm -hmm. to read history. The way that right now looks more like 1963 is crazy. And so I truly just urge anyone listening to just, you know, if you're into like change and and have that fire in you kindle that fire but Mm -hmm. if you're someone who doesn't and that's not the way you you go and the way you groove i say educate yourself yeah learn about it so then you're at least not ignorant because ignorant people are not in short supply so we need to make that's a good statement people that's a really good statement (laughs) we need to make oh my goodness educated people the (laughs) the majority um And educated and not in, like, the security kind of way, in the way of just, like, knowing what's going on in your world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, Stephanie. <laughs> oh, my God. Future president? No, I think I would crumble. <laughs> but, anyway, stay groovy, guys. Stay I groovy. hope you have a good day. And, and tickle your toes. And tickle your toes. Bye. <laughs>